0: Welcome to the Let's Remember This podcast where we're taking time to slow down, sit down, and spend time in Scripture. So wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, I encourage you grab a pen, grab your Bible, a notebook, and let's not only read Scripture, but let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak and let's remember this. All right. Well, hey, friends. It has been a little bit since we have had an episode, but I'm really excited this summer to kind of revisit some of the episodes going through Mark and also to have some bonus content. So today I am joined by my dear friend, Grace, and she does a million incredible things for the kingdom, and I'm going to let her (laughs) share about that. Uh, But we met through a pastor's cohort and instantly hit it off as not only just women speakers and pastors, um, but just, I think, the shared spirit of saying, like, hey, we want to see people encounter Jesus um, and make a difference on this side of eternity. So, Grace, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Thanks, Abby. Um,
1: Yeah, I am a pastor on staff at a church in San Jose. And I also am the co-founder and co-director of the Preacher Academy, which is an online International Academy for Women to learn how to preach. Um, And we're sort
0: of like just wrapping up the first year of that. So that has been really fun. Yeah, that's amazing. And (laughs) good plug for any women listening that want to be trained more to speak go check it out. Women's Speakers Collective, preach her Academy. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to talk with you guys. Cause the second that I posted about Mark, you were like, I love Mark. I've studied Mark so much. It's my favorite. And so we've been trying to make this happen and I'm excited now to make this happen. <laughs> yeah. um, but I would love to just like start by yeah having you answer that question of like, maybe like, why do you love Mark so much? And what are some of those things that you feel like make it so unique?
1: Mm. Yeah. So
0: Part of why I love Mark is I took a class from a
1: professor who really loved Mark and he studied it so well. And I think one thing that I learned from him and in my own research is of the books in the Bible that tell the story of Jesus, Mark kind of has this reputation of being the most direct, like succinct. It's the shortest and things move really quickly in Mark. It's like in the first couple chapters, Um, they're already plotting Jesus's death it's it's moving so quickly but if you spend a lot of time in Mark and you read through it slowly you start to notice things like themes that pop out and it becomes clear I think that Mark is very strategic about the way that he's putting the story together it's not that he's fabricating the story it's that he's Kind of a literary genius, and how he's like describing it and pointing out truth about who Jesus is Mm. and the world that he is making. So it feels a little bit like there's always something new to discover in Mark,
0: and that feels really fun to me. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that too because I think even in the ways that all four of the Gospels are so unique, I think it is just that reminder too of like sometimes I'm one. I wonder like did did the Lord have different personalities in mind? Like knowing Mm. certain people are going to read this differently. They're going to need to hear it in different ways. Um, So I do love to think about that of how, yeah, sometimes we can rush through it, but recognizing the strategy and slowing down to see that is so important. Yeah, definitely.
1: And understanding the context in which each of them are writing. So like Mark is writing to Christians who are experiencing persecution and that sheds some light on like why he includes certain
0: things that, Other gospel writers don't, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's really good. Mm -hmm. So, do you want to hit on maybe like what are some of those then like themes that you feel like you've noticed as you've studied the book of Mark that he's really like highlighting and pointing out and that he wants to make sure like we're catching?
1: Yeah. So, uh, one that I really love is the idea that this theme that the kingdom of God, so the world that God is making, inaugurated by Jesus, it comes no matter what and it comes sometimes subtly and secretly and in unexpected ways but even when there is resistance and violent resistance the kingdom cannot be stopped even when they're us humans we fail to participate with god it can't be stopped and wow. one way that i think mark highlights this is in chapter four there's a parable of the sower which i think is probably one of the more popular uh, stories that you told. It's about you know a farmer goes out and he's scattering seed and there's seed that falls on rocks and there's seed that's like dry soil and the sun. And it leaves you wondering, are any of these vulnerable little seeds even going to grow? And I think, at least in my context, I grew up in the church. When I heard this story, it was always about the fate of people. Like Mm, make sure that you have the good soil. You know, make Mm -hmm. sure, and as a pastor, testing the soil, the other people, like what is their soil? And I think another way of interpreting that, that Mark might be highlighting is even though it seems like the odds are against these seeds, (laughs) the kingdom still comes. And so it might be more about the fate of the kingdom than the fate of people, if that makes sense. Um, so that's sort of one thing. And I think that theme comes back in the ending of Mark, which we can
0: talk about. Later yeah. Too. No, that, that's so good. And I think even like you had mentioned earlier, the fact that these are people that were facing persecution. And so mm, the mm-hmm. idea that then he's trying to tie in that theme to make sure like they remember like, Hey, if the kingdom of God, is going to persevere. What does that look like? No, that's yes. so, so good. I love being able to highlight that. Yeah, and I, and I would love to hear, because I know that that's something that you love is like the ending of Mark, but I would love like, how do you feel like reading the gospel of Mark, studying it like as a pastor, just as a follower of Jesus, like how has that helped you follow um, Jesus? What has that taught you about following Jesus? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. And one thing that I think is kind of funny, but also real, and I appreciate about Mark is the disciples, the followers of Jesus often get it wrong. The yeah wow Jesus yeah. explains things to them and it's like whoop just right over their head they're just not following and the ending of Mark which I think is a very intentional ending but often challenging or hard to make sense of because the book of yeah. Mark ends with there's women who an angel comes to a group of women who are at the tomb and they're like the angel's like hey Jesus is is not dead, Uh, Jesus has risen, Yeah. go tell the disciples, and Peter, and the women run away, they're bewildered, and Mm -hmm. they are afraid, and they run away, and they don't tell anyone, (laughs) and the, yeah, it's like, and then it just ends. So yes. I think sometimes <laughs> people so are like, abruptly, like what's happening here? We need more. Yeah. And so in your most Bibles, it'll say the earliest manuscripts end here, but then there's additional text because I think there are people who felt like, oh, Mark couldn't have intended to end this way. Right. Something obviously happened. But maybe Mark did intend to end it that way. Wow. Because it's interesting that the um, the person that appears. It says there's a young man dressed in, in a white robe and says, don't be alarmed. Yeah. And the words that are said to them are, go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So mm-hmm. what's notable about this is one, I think it's interesting that it says, tell the disciples and Peter. It's like, yeah. Even Peter, even Peter who denied Jesus three times, like even Peter gets the news. And when Jesus was predicting the disciples' betrayal to them, when he was telling them about his death and that Peter was going to specifically betray him, he said, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. And so it's almost like the women or the text is pointing out to the readers that Jesus was ahead of this. Jesus knew that the disciples were going to betray him and he already had a plan for restoration. Mm. Um, And so there's that. And it's almost like the same thing is happening for the women who are going to betray Jesus because they're not going to tell anyone this message. And it's like, wow, that is, wow. That is (laughs) so good. It's like, no, there's a place for you in Galilee too. And so I think it's a real encouragement for those of us as followers of Jesus to just remember that Jesus wants a relationship for us with us that there's always restoration yeah um that he's always welcoming us back to be followers of Jesus that there's Mm -hmm. always a place even Peter and Peter you know um and so I find that really encouraging that the only faithful person in the gospel of Mark is Jesus (laughs) yeah and it's because of his faithfulness that we are restored and so it's okay not you know, there's grace, there's forgiveness, there's restoration when we get it wrong. Wow.
0: Yeah. That is, no, that's incredible. And I think just seeing all of that, as you're saying, like, it's that reminder, like, there's still a place for us, like, in Galilee. Like, and he's been there and he knew... And he's still, when you think of then, even what Jesus knew with all of the interactions with the disciples leading up to think that he knew the betrayal that was going to come, that he knew all the things that were going to happen. And I feel like it's just that such an important reminder too, that like, we're not alone in that. We're not the first that are going to make mistakes or fail. And there's, yeah, like you said, there's room for that. There's grace for that. There's restoration for that. Yeah. And how important for us to remember those things and to have the way that we live our lives be like filtered through that lens and the way that we get to love other people too. And I think of that, you know, of that obviously like call then for us to go and make disciples and to go and tell, but for us to carry that same level of like grace and being ready to welcome and restore people as well is so important.
1: Yeah. And that's probably the more challenging aspect of it, right? It's like, we love God's mercy when it's for us, but not when it's for other people. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's like, nope, there's none left. We're done. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. no, that's so good, man. Well, this has all been so incredible. Are there any other things that you're just like, Hey, I feel like if you're going to read the book of Mark, this is what you need to remember, or maybe a way that you would kind of sum up what you said of like, Hey, remember this.
1: Well, I think the ending has so much room for different application and interpretation Mm. and it's a challenging ending because I think we could say it is about discipleship. It is about, the process of ongoing restoration with Jesus. Yeah. And it is about the kingdom coming no matter what, because it sort of leaves you wondering, Ooh, the women were left with this message. They didn't say anything. So how has this faith been passed on to me? (laughs) Like who else received this message? And there's this mysterious aspect and it really points to the, the kingdom that comes, even though humans fail, even though there's resistance. And I would say, I think the ending is also about mission mm. because if we were to think about, first of all, this, this wouldn't have been read it. People, the original listeners would have heard it, right? Like who yeah. Mark is writing to, like they're, they're hearing it. So if you could just imagine this is a story that's being read to us, or this is a play that's being acted out before us. Right. And this is the very ending. The women are passed on this message that jesus is alive and they are told to go share this message and they don't who else then has the message Hmm. us the audience us listening and so it's almost like mark is challenging us um and asking us to reflect on we have this message now what are we going to do about it wow are we going to run away in fear are we going to be Preoccupied with what other people think about us as we talk about our faith. Are yeah. we? Well, that's okay. That's what yeah. it kind of
0: hit me. I wanted to ask you, like, yeah, when you think about being like those women, like, what do you think was that fear? Like, why mm. do you think they were afraid? Why didn't they? Do you maybe want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah,
1: I I think there's probably a number of things. So this this ties into something that's a little, I don't know, I don't want to say nerdy, but kind of academic, but. There's this theme in the book of Mark called the messianic secret. And basically, mm-hmm. unlike the other books, unlike the other gospels, there are more stories where Jesus performs a miracle and says, don't tell anyone. Hmm. And it's kind of weird. It's like, okay. But it's interesting that Jesus, when Jesus often does this, when he heals someone, raises someone from the dead, and he says, don't tell anyone, and he's kind of trying to keep it a secret. People tell anyway. Yeah. And then when the women are specifically told to go tell, they don't tell. And I think it's partly because if we were to think about this in the context of like an honor shame culture where Mm -hmm. your honor is like social currency, right? It's your social status. Like that is key to um, resources available to you. That is key to how people treat you. I'm kind of, you know, trying to be concise here, but the fact that Jesus sort of resists that honor and then dies this painful, humiliating death. It yeah. makes me wonder if the women are sort of faced with the reality of what it really means to follow Jesus.
0: Wow. Like,
1: it is hmm. not all glory. It is yep. not all easy. It is not It is not the same. Following Jesus does necessarily mean and often means that you don't
0: get on wow. or status. This is this some good world. preaching right here. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Okay. Yes. Well, it's like, <laughs> yes. honestly, you know, cause it, it often means let's say you're in the business world and right. you're forced to make a decision that might be borderline ethical, or you feel mm. like isn't integrous, but you're, you are going to rise up in your career. You're the business is going to thrive. So you can either gain more status for yourself and success or you can like make the ethical decision. You know, it's like following Jesus often means living simply, being generous, loving our enemies, all these things that are not quote unquote honorable or like the ways of this world. Right. So I think if we were to try to understand what's happening for the women that comes to mind, even just the fact that it's like, is this really the way like mm-hmm. the way with Jesus doesn't mean we escape suffering. It means we, we go through it with him. And ultimately that's the way to resurrection. Yeah. I don't know. So there's, I don't know if any of those stick out to you or. No,
0: I, I think yeah. it does. And saying like, you know, yeah, they were really maybe processing and maybe Mark wanted that to be highlighted. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't like, they counted the cost. They're counting the yes. cost here. They weren't just flippantly going oh, this is amazing. Okay, now I'm going to go tell everybody, right? And and we think about that too in our everyday life of like, there yeah. is a, yes, there's a cost of following a Jesus. There's a cost of telling people. Like we know what that, that feels like. And so maybe there is that highlight where the other gospels, it's like it's showing them telling, but yeah. he's kind of leaving us hanging of like they didn't. And is that to highlight? Yeah, like not only, okay, we might make mistakes. There's room for that, but also this idea of they're counting the cost yeah. and they're recognizing what that could mean for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the ending that's sort of tacked on—that um, isn't in the original manuscripts—it mm-hmm. just ties it up to make it sound a little happier. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't know, it's not perfect, but it's this ending is is challenging. It's uncomfortable, but it really forces us for, to reflect on our own heart. Where are we at with Jesus? Um. yeah. And, and what's the next step that Jesus is inviting me to take that might be really uncomfortable yeah. for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think that is what's so compelling to me about Mark is I think he intentionally engages the readers in the story in a way that causes you to reflect on where you are at in your walk with Jesus and that he points to the restoration piece, right? Like the grace of even when you, even when we fail to take the next step with Jesus, because we're afraid because of what it's going to cost us, because our desires are being pulled
0: um, in different direction that there's restoration for us. Wow. Yeah. So good. Well, thank you so much, (laughs) Grace for like, yeah, taking this time and diving into that. I think that that is such a good reminder. And I think an invitation for people that are ready to start going through the book of Mark now to think Mm -hmm. about like, as you read, as you listen, as you reflect to think about, okay, what, what are the strategies here? Like, what is Mark trying to say in this? Um, how do we not just rush through it, but pay attention to the details and understand God speaking through the details and also receive that, that invitation to to be curious, to ask questions. I think the way that even, yeah, you're showing some of these like, hey, like here's some questions. What would this be like? I think that invitation for us um, to ask questions, to count the cost of what does this look like to live this out and to receive that restoration.
1: Yeah, definitely. That would be my major encouragement in the Book of Mark mm-hmm. is just to slow down, like take some yeah. other pieces at a time, notice things. If something doesn't make sense to you, like ask the questions and sit with it. And I don't know. I think that's where God often meets us uh, in our reading of scripture.
0: Yeah. So good. (laughs) So good. Okay. Well, thanks again for joining us. And Mm -hmm. again, if you guys missed it, um, Grace is a pastor, but also the co-founder of the preacher Academy. So if you're a a woman looking to grow and you're preaching and you're teaching, check that out. Um, we will be tagging her on Instagram too. So you guys can find Grace and connect with her, but thank you so much for taking this time. I appreciate it so much. And for everybody else listening, we will be reposting episodes and have some more bonus content coming soon. Have a great week.